Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another banging episode of The Rose Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me, Mr. Green. Mr. Green is back and really excited to chat about European champs this weekend. I think we, it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be a stacked regatta. I think there are a lot of exciting things happening. And, uh, you know, after a somewhat disappointing uh, lack of entries from the, worst, uh, from the World Cup, it's really cool to see the the depth of the field that's going to be on display this weekend in beautiful Lake Blade of Slovenia. Yeah, so um, I've been a bit sick, so if, if it's um, if you hear my gruff voice, that's what it is. But Lawrence has got COVID um, for the fifth time now. Jake, I have never once had COVID. <laughs> just Don't clear. listen to this guy. I've done over a hundred tests for COVID and not one single test has ever been positive. So I don't know where you're getting your stats from, but I like hard facts and um, hard facts. I'm just, I'm just a little bit down, but at least I got some racing to, to cheer me up. And yeah. um, if I'm lucky, maybe I can just stay at home and watch racing tomorrow. That can be if a you're silver lucky. lining. The, yeah. But yeah, Jake, the I'm super, super excited to watch this weekend's racing. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. I feel like this is kind of the start to the season. I know you've raced World Cup 1 and you've um, you've been out there. You've started your season. But I feel like as a spectator, World Cup 1 was, there wasn't that much there. So I feel like now this is significantly more you know, substantial on entries and on the like racing that we're going to see come down the track. So very, very excited. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Lawrence. And I think it's just something uh, that's kind of been bugging me is that why can't you kind of have this level of competition at the first World Cup? Um, and we spoke about it a bit before and I don't want to, I don't want to get bugged down by this, but just like you know, encouraging, I don't know how, but to like incentivize or encourage more entries at the first World Cup because the 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 depth, like I said it earlier, the depth is crazy. Like I, I can't wait to see the racing happening. And I do agree with that sentiment. It does, it does kind of feel like the, the season is going to begin in earnest because so many crews that we're going to see later in the year at, at World Champs going for those Olympic qualification spots and onto the Olympic year are racing this weekend. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I think is world, I would love world rowing to kind of like look into is how to like reinvigorate that first world cup. So there's two things there that bug me. And I know, as you said, we did hop on about this in the regatta madness after world cup one, but I still think it's quite a good point. Like it's quite a big subject to talk about because do you know how many countries would want to race at Europeans now this weekend if they could get a chance to? If they opened Europeans up to everyone, it would be a massive, massive regatta. The amount of people that would come there to race would be huge because you know the competition is good. So there's that element of basically this being like a European elite sport because no one else can go and join. And then the other yeah. element is either... World Cup one, either there's not enough, there's too much racing and countries don't want to commit to that much racing. So either cancel it and have two awesome World Cups and your European World Cup, uh, World Champs, or you just reinvent the regattas to accommodate 
different style of racing and accommodate what the countries want and encourage people to come and race for race at these regattas. Because I feel like at the mm. moment, you're just bleeding uh, countries and rowing and this, and this particularly you're hurting the spectators because no one really wants to come and spend three days of watching racing at World Cup 1 where, you know, there's one or two good races at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I, I agree there, Lawrence. And it is it is sort of like a, a thing that, you, number one, I don't think you can cancel that regatta. There's not enough racing on the calendar. And you, I think that's, it is like 100% I agree with you. So it, it needs to get fixed. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's definitely a, a, another room for a lot of innovation going forward. And like you say, you want these crews that are traveling from places like South Africa and Chile from the First World Cup. You want to make their trip worthwhile going all the way to Europe and racing at a, at a regatta like the First World Cup. And, you know, racing against the, the best in the world is, is awesome. And again, like you say, it is it is like when you look at how stacked the field is at, at, in Europe at the moment at these championships, um, it, it, it would be awesome to see that kind of competition at the First World Cup too. Yeah, no, for sure. But anyway, let's get back to this uh, this weekend's racing because there's a few things that are super exciting. First of all, racing starts tomorrow, Thursday, um, which is really awesome. Having an extra day of racing, four days of racing coming up, our coming directly to us, which is going to be so awesome to watch. Then, yeah. Secondly, it's at Lake Bled in Slovenia, which is probably the coolest place I've ever raced at. Um, I raced there back in 2011. We had our Olympic qualification there, and uh, didn't the racing didn't go the best, but the <laughs> actual regatta was incredible. It's the most picturesque place you've ever been to. It was literally straight out of a postcard. You got a castle on the hill. You got a church on an island in the middle of the lake, and you go racing in this like crystal, crystal clear blue water uh, right across the the lake. So it really is something, and it's something. It's a place I would so quickly go back to on holiday, if I if I got a chance. So it really is quite a place to to be. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a good weekend. the The weather looks to be quite uh, quite mild, and uh, the wind doesn't look to be too serious. So I think we should have some really good conditions for racing on the weekend. I don't think it's going to be that fast, but um, it doesn't look like we're going to have. Um, very, very gusty days where the, the water seems to be really rough. And you said that the racing starts tomorrow. So what I like about that is that it kind of gives, because it's over four days, it kind of gives one day for one set of racing. So you have the heats on Thursday, you have most of the rep charges, and I think um, one or two of the CD semifinals on the Friday, you have... Um, most of the B finals happening on the on the Saturday. A lot of the semi ABs are happening on the Saturday, and I think one one or two A finals, and then Sundays all the A finals. So I think because it's spaced out like this, um, I feel like it's going to draw out better racing because athletes can kind of target these races um, for a sure. little bit better than they have in the past. Because it's difficult when you have three days to squeeze in all this fucking racing. The the extra day. I think it's going to make quite a big difference. The piece that I'm not that sold on is having some of the A finals on Saturday, some of them on Sunday. Like, I agree, it's a big regatta, and but it's not like it's not a world champs, and 
you know, I think from a, from a spectator point of view, it's better to have all your A finals back to back, bang them all out in one kind of one session, as opposed to now splitting them between two days. And you have on this, on the Saturday, you have the quad, two quads, the two lightweight doubles and the men's eight. So, I mean, mm. it's not really that you don't, you own, oh, you also have the women's four as well. Yeah. It's not like hugely, it's not that contentious. I think like it's, you're going to watch both those days because you've got semifinals. It's more like it would just be nice to have a big block of semifinals that you watch. And then the next day it's a finals and it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think that's, that's going to be really cool. And then I think getting into, getting into the racing, like just having a, a look, you know, we've got to give you guys some of, some of our talking points. It doesn't necessarily mean we've got to go through every single event and go through every little thing. We kind of get give you what popped out to us. And I think just taking a broad look on the countries that entered, um, I very much think it's going to be after how successful GB was from, um, from last year. I'm really in- interested to see how they do at this year's Europeans. And what's interesting, another point on Europeans, I've noticed that I think countries tend to treat Europeans in a different light. And I think it's tied to maybe how they get funding. So I think some countries, Europeans is a bigger deal than others. I kind of noticed that last year at the, at the, at the last Europeans. So I'm interested to see how that happens. And I bring up GB because um, I'm, I, I really, I would love to see if they can maintain the strength that they had last year, uh, going, going into this year. And like so many of their crews was were on incredible form. So I very much think that's going to continue, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, um, some other nations are going to be, uh, coming, coming up in yeah. the ranks and, and putting, putting their foot in the door of some of these events. So on the funding, I, I hear this quite a lot that the countries that a lot of their funding is determined from uh, European champs. But for me, that doesn't make any sense though, because why base your funding off a regatta where not everyone is there when you have the Olympics every four years to base funding off? I don't, and like that Olympics is for me is so much more of like a baseline across your sports. Like that's what people care about. And I don't think there would be a big correlation between the Olympic results and European champs. In, I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a better correlation, but for me, they don't really work that well together. So I don't really understand the the point of like, oh, it's a huge funding thing. I think it's just this is a good regatta for for people to go to. It's at a good time, and yeah, obviously there's the the funding element. Um, but on the big teams, man, we have some huge power teams. I mean, GB almost entered every single event and Romania, I think are in every single event. So, you know, you got these two huge um, European countries that are, are really going to battle it out. And I think it's going to be quite between them on who uh, kind of wins the regatta, especially on a, on the medal table. I think I can't imagine, I can't see any other countries coming close to those two on the medal table. What do you think, Jake? Any, any, you think anyone else can come close to um, Romania or GB? No, I, not necessarily. I think on just on the level of how big they are, I think Netherlands are going to do quite well too. They got to, they always have these these massive teams that come to these events. But I think just to talk about maybe some of the smaller teams that seem to be um, uh, that seem to be on the rise, I think I would love to see Switzerland. I think they 
were one of the few countries that entered on on mass into the first World Cup. And I think that they are on the rise. I, Ian Wright is back there coaching. Um, so I'd love to see how they get on this, uh, this, this, this regatta. Some of the other countries, Spain seemed to, another country that was at the first World Cup, they had a couple of boats doing really well at last year's World Champs. And they again, overall, when I look at the country, they seem to be pushing um, to new sort of heights at the moment. I think Ireland's a big one to look out for. Greece is another one that seems to be doing exceptionally well at the moment. Um, and, you know, it's it, what, what I find interesting is like, yes, these, these smaller countries might not have the biggest entries, but they seem to have um, really big effects in the events that they are entered in and can shake up the, you know, the status quo. So like those, those for me are going to be some of the, the, the interesting ones to come out of this. And then maybe on a, on a side note is uh, just, um, the effect that Jurgen Krobler is going to have with France and to see how France is rowing um, picks up, especially now the year of qualification. Because don't forget, listeners out there, that the Olympics are happening in Paris. So if the French rowing team is obviously going to want to have the best Olympics they've ever had. You have Jurgen Krobler that's got involved in the team. So I think keep an eye out for France as well. I think they, their crews are going to start picking up um, as, as we get closer to the Olympics. No, for sure. And the talk of the town is that the men's four is where the French have put their best crews. And that's kind of classic Jürgen. You know, he's probably got most of his um, his gold medals are coming from the four. Uh, I know he has a lot, so it'll take a bit of time to count that out. But um, I think he's quite a specialist in the four. Um, so I think the the news is that the, the French four is going to be quite fast. But there's a lot of competition in the in the four at the moment, so I think the four is definitely going to be a big one to watch this this weekend, especially GB, as you said, these big countries coming in and and really I think going to dominate a lot of the events. And then some of the small countries that I'm really interested in watching is number one is the Italian team. So like going through the entries, especially on the men's sweep side, I basically don't recognize anyone's name there. Um, all, all new athletes uh, coming up, coming through the ranks, um, and let's see where they kind of where they can land. I mean, you know, the Italians have so much history and kind of uh, credibility when it comes to to sweep rowing. So I think it'll be very interesting. I think the the the, the where they're going to stand out maybe is more on the sculling side, where they have a few more of the experienced athletes. But yeah, it's going to be they're going to be a very awesome team to watch. I think over this regatta. But we're definitely going to miss the the classic kind of rowing styles that we've seen from the the Italian crews that we know. You know, uh, Matteo Castaldo and his distinct look is is not there, and um, sure. Matteo Lotto and uh, Giuseppe Vincino. It's going to be weird not uh, seeing them on coming down the track. Yeah, it is. Um, but you know, the what I like about these uh, these situations, it always it it kind of like allows for the young fresh blood to come through, and you know, I, I love to, it's such a good example to look at GB, what's happened with GB post-Olympics and the new blood coming through and a new guard. So it's going to be really exciting to see some young guns pick, put up their hands. Um, and especially when you think about Olympic selection, like selection is going to be a huge element. That's that's going to be an undercurrent running at, at this regatta. Um, and then talking, going on a little bit more about the, the men's no, war. Um, wait, I want to just ch- t- touch on that, um, on that, little topic that you just threw so, out there just what selection is yeah like so i think 
I mean, we've spoken about the whole time that this short Olympic cycle is definitely feels a bit, you know, it feels different. You know, usually you've got these two long years where, you know, a lot of these new athletes, as you say, uh, you know, some of these athletes coming from under 23s or new athletes onto the scene and they like need time to kind of show their, their speed and their skill. Whereas we one year into the cycle and we're already at qualification. And I think there's definitely going to be an effect of this like compressed Olympic cycle where athletes are still trying to get that experience. They're not like as familiar and now they're straight into an Olympic cycle thing and they're trying to secure their seats and their positions. So the boat classes, obviously the country is very interested in where they're going to place. Are they going to be in those um, qualification spots? But they also need some selection uh, confidence to go through you know, finish this regatta and say to the coach, cool, well, I'm obviously going to stay in this boat because we've done well, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it is, it is a, it's a really interesting uh, dynamic. And like, I think with these athletes that are racing, there's going to be a lot happening at this, at this event that's going on in their heads that's maybe not necessarily uh, available for the spectators to pick up um, immediately. And again, you know, it's European champs. The, the the winners of this event are going to be the kings of Europe. So it is it is quite a it's it's quite a it's quite a big uh, regatta that's that's happening quite early in the season for um, a lot of these um, a lot of these undercurrents and these themes to to run through. Yeah, but I mean, sure. talking more about the the men's four for me, it's like I think that the GB four is going to go from strength to strength. I'm I'm really ex- I'm really interested to see them racing. They have one new member in the crew. And like just looking across the entries, you mentioned the the French four. Uh, my eye is out for the the winners of the first World Cup, the the Swiss four, who I thought were did did quite well, and uh, to see how they stack up against uh, the the rest of the field, um, especially when you consider the likes of Romania and uh, GB and the Netherlands as well, who were uh, the bronze uh, bronze medals from from last year's World Champs. So. I think it's going to be quite a quite a tight field, and um, it's going to be really interesting to see these these crews racing on the water. No, definitely. And then Jake, just so now we're touching on some of these boat classes that we're excited to watch. I think we cannot, um, you know, uh, go past. We can't leave it for the end. I think is talking about this men's doubles race that's going to come down the the track this weekend. Yeah, men's double. That's I for me that's going to be the event of the regatta, yeah. and I, I think, think I think clearly I think there's not any other event that's that's really going to come close to the how intense this this race is on the water. It's going to be really intense. So, what is for me the biggest talking point of this regatta is the Dutch double. They've got Melvin Twela who had an excellent season last year, back with his uh, crewmates. Uh, Stefan Brunick in the double who took away a silver medal at the Olympic Games. They are back in the double and you have the Croatians who are now racing against the French and the, 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 the Netherlands which are such strong combinations and obviously the Croatians had a, had a difficult time at World Champs last year. They want to put their hand up and put their, their foot through the door again. So you have this happening at the front of the field Plus, you have new, like, resurgent crews that are doing really well. So, like, the Spanish, again, I mentioned, I was talking about the Spanish um, the Spanish team. You have the Spanish double who had a fantastic um, World Champs last year. They in there. The Moldovan double, which, again, fantastic form. 
to race in the A final last year. There in there, you have the Irish double who's got Philip Doyle back in the double with a, a new combination. They're going to be racing. You have the German double again. I mean, there's so much happening in I the think, men's double. So many fast crews. I think where this event has, where like how it has like uh, kind of taken over as like the main boat class to watch, especially for this last two, two like last year and this year for sure, is because it has like so much unfinished business. You have like, you have all these stories of like big, big names from big countries racing in and moving into the double. So there's a lot of familiar athletes racing. Then you have athletes that like the, the, the picking order is like, doesn't feel set in stone at all. You know, you have the Croatians who are, you know, world record holders, kind of kings of the boat class, but haven't yet kind of shown that they like, they can perform at that kind of level that they used to perform at. And then you've got the Olympic champions. You have the Dutch who were missed becoming Olympic champions by absolutely fractions in Tokyo. And then you have all these new countries with all these big, big rowing names coming in and, you know, all everyone kind of putting their, their hand in the, in the bucket to see who can take the lead. And I think that's what makes this event so interesting to watch and definitely my pick for, um, event of the regatta or race of the regatta because it's going to be so tight and like no matter what there's so many different outcomes that will just increase the kind of excitement of this event going into to world champs 100 percent. and bear in mind that of all the crews i've listed uh only the top eight from this i mean the top i think it's the top 10 at world champs from this event gets get to qualify for the olympics so these are a lot of really, really good crews that are pushing the boundaries of performance in that boat class. They're going to be fighting each other for Olympic spots. So, yeah, for me, it's definitely number one going to be the, the event of the weekend. But if I had to choose a second event to watch out for, and maybe it doesn't have the same sort of entries as we usually see, but I think the lightweight women's double skull is going to get interesting this weekend because... We have some heavy hitters, some returning athletes. And of course, I think to start off with is to see how the GB double is looking this year after such a strong season last um, last year. Can they remain on top? And uh, the Olympic medalists from France and Italy to see how they get on this weekend. I mean, this this weekend um, to see if they they um, can get back on top of that, that form that they had in, in Japan. No, definitely. I think that's a, a pretty good pick. I think my second pick, oh, I think it might be women's double because I'm interested to see there's a lot of, like a few changes to crews. There's a, a few like really good crews coming in, but there's like, it's been dominated by the Romanians for so long. So I'm more like, I'm just excited to see, can Romania like stay on top? Can they like hold that? I mean, they were untouchable last year, completely untouchable. So mm. I think yeah, I'm quite excited to to watch a women's double. I think it'll be really and then good. on that on that point, don't forget that um, Sunita Sunita's in in the women's double now with uh, her new partner that did so well last year, and another big scholar that unfortunately got sick and is not going to be racing this weekend is Magdalena Lobnig, um, who had some good racing from the first World Cup. Unfortunately, is going to be missing out oh, no. um, from this. Yeah, she's going to be missing out this weekend's weekends racing um 
but that's upsetting. So, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying though. Is like it's it's very similar for me. It's a similar feel to the men's double where you've got these like people that have rode in the single or rode in other events and like and been very kind of successful for their country and and very well known and now people and moving into the double to I mean I don't know what's why the double seems to be the 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 event attracting all these athletes this cycle but you know it's definitely going to be they're going to be proper events both of them and the lightweight double so I think you, you you're onto something there Jake yeah and some other interesting points from from the women's double is I think another crew I think to watch out for is uh, the Swiss double that did so well that won the, the first World Cup with quite a convincing margin. Keep an eye out for the Lithuanian double who has Donata Caroline, who are who was a, a Olympic medalist from Rio. She's back in the double with a new partner. Um, keep an eye out for her. And then again, I think the Polish double is also someone to look out for. They are a, a new combination that's come from the women's quad, Marta and uh, Katarzyna that have been racing in the women's quad for many years, an experienced com- uh, combination in the quad. They are now in the double. So there's some new faces I'd love to see in, in happen in the women's double. And of course, the Romanians, can they stay? I think they're going to be untouchable pretty much the whole cycle. I think they're one of the, the strongest, most dominant crews at the moment, but yeah, yeah, but you again, got, it's I hard. Another, I, think to, good event. I, I think it's hard to hold that though. So that's what I'm like quite interested in in seeing. Is like 100%. can they hold that kind of form and and stay on top to to keep to keep going? Yeah, that is yeah quite intense. That uh, Donata Caroline is back in the in the double. You know, she took yeah. she last raced, but she raced in the in the in the quad last year actually. At um at World Rowing Championships, but yeah, she definitely taken some time out. I know she had a kid, and then actually yeah. that brings me up though because um in the women's single, uh, Eva from Lithuania is racing again there after serving her um doping violation and coming back into into rowing, and more I'm just like curious on on what you think about it because like for me, in from rowing such a team sport, I would feel so uncomfortable if someone came back into my team um, after serving a violation. I would like, I don't know, I feel I'm quite strongly against um, that kind of, I'm much, uh, my, my views are much harsher than uh, what drug-free sports kind of um, enforcements of their rules are. But I don't know, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I do I do share your your sentiment there on the the harshness of the the fences, um, and I think it is I think rowing doesn't have as big as a problem as I think other sports do, but I I do agree with you that you know if you do get caught for performance enhancing drugs, there does need to be a sort of harsher outcome. I do think though, in like as a first time offender, I think there are maybe uh certain situations where you can probably you can get you know no in so i don't i mean i don't really want to get into like the kind of rules about the the about drug yeah. sport i more want to just say like you know we had we have such a we had such a close knit team you know we all travel and we do everything together as a team and like that's our mm. strength you know that's what the that's what makes you know, rowing South Africa, the the machine that it is, is because everyone has this like big trust in each other. We, 
compete hard against each other on the water and we get off the water and we, you know, we then support each other and we travel overseas and you, you really back your teammates and you back their group. And I would, I think for me, it would just, it would erode that kind of culture, having someone that is, you know, is cheated come into the team and then now be part of the team. And I think maybe it would be a bit different in like a big, a big setup or a big team. Mm. But it would be it would definitely erode my trust of the team if that happened in like the team that I rode in. Um, I think it would yeah. be, it would it would have had an effect for sure. So it's, yeah. I'm more I'm not it's, saying I'm not really want to discuss the the rules. I'm more saying like how yeah. that would affect a team. Yeah. No, I I do I do get you. It's like an interesting situation where I think it doesn't it hasn't popped up on on many occasions. Um, but yeah, I mean, yes. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, see her racing this weekend. Um, and then, you know, some other standouts from from the women's skull. I just can't stop. We can't, we've been talking about it in the team. We just cannot stop speaking about the the Swiss sculler with her uh, Macon blades, her swift boats. And so she's back now racing at this um, at this event. And yeah, really. I'm really excited. Really, I'm really excited to see how she gets on because... She's going to be racing against, um, you know, the the, the best scholars in the world. Um, and again, another entry that I was interested in is Fee Ugby Eriksson, who's back in the women's single, and she was what? a Olympic Olympic medalist from 2012. So yeah. that is awesome. It's yes. awesome to see her back in the in the skull. I know she rode in the women's pair for last Olympic cycle. And she's decided she wants another another shot at the Olympic Games. So she's back in the okay. skull, which is amazing to see. And I, I really hope she has some great racing this weekend. And of course, no. the top dog, the current world champion, Caroline Florin, who had a flawless season last year, is going to kick off her campaign. So of course, keep your eyes on her. For sure, Jake. And I think, like, I mean, there's a lot of, I'm going to watch all the racing. It's going to be so good. You know, all these events, I think Men's Skull is another one that's going to be huge. The eights, I think there might be good racing in the eights. You know, they're not they're not fully stacked and they don't, they miss a lot of the, you know, the big countries, USA and New Zealand, Australia, but I think there still will be good racing there. So I think across the board, there's going to be really good racing and I feel like it's a real good start to, what we can expect going into um, qualification later this year. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you there, Lawrence. And also I was talking about uh, the teams to watch this weekend and I forgot to mention the small teams that are doing well. I forgot to mention the re- Ukrainian team that is doing so well, despite the fact that they are currently at war. So um, a huge shout out to the Ukrainian rowers, and I really hope you guys have fantastic rowing this 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 uh, at this event. For sure, I mean, I can't believe I don't even know how they how they cope with. Uh, I want to like we must maybe try and have someone on the show and just talk talk about like what it's like. Really th- um, interested to see how they go, and yeah, obviously we we behind them all the way. Behind them all the way, but yeah, Lawrence, I think we 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 got, went through our talking points that we wanted to chat about. For everyone else there listening, like we say, we we try and want to give you guys some fresh, um, some fresh uh, highlights and things to look out for from the weekend. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really excited. I, c- I can't wait to see the the first day of racing tomorrow. Hundred percent. Now it's time for me to get into bed and hopefully feel a little bit better tomorrow. Lawrence, dude. 
You need a you need to sort out this thing with COVID, bro. It's not COVID, Jake. It's just a bit of the man <laughs> flu. The man flu. That's even worse than COVID. Oh, yeah, it feels worse. Although I wouldn't know. I've never had COVID. Okay. okay. Sweet guys. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you straight after the regatta. We'll try to go Sunday or Monday and put an episode out to give you all the times. Just remember, if you want to have updated percentages and banter, uh, our Patreon group is incredible, especially during racing and uh, and racing times because a lot of discussion happens on the on the group during the the racing. And yeah, I will see if I can send some um, percentages to old Martin Cross and help him out with his commentary again this uh, this coming weekend. Cool guys, enjoy. We're out. Cheers, guys.